chapter 1, verses 39 to 56. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby left in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb left for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. And then Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with His arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. And Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Okay. Thanks for coming tonight. And uh, really, thank you for coming tonight. <laughs> it's good to see you all. So this, um, this message from tonight, it's real, I, I don't consider myself a preacher, but I'm here to share with you some of my thoughts. So I hope that's okay. Um, when I first um, looked at this passage, I thought, this is part of the Christmas message. And then, of course, I thought, well, Christmas is a long way off. Then I counted the days. 85 from today. Where has this year gone? So many things have happened this year. Some ups, some downs, some joys and disappointments, sadness at times. Now, of course, we need to take time to acknowledge these things. But sometimes it's also so easy to get caught up in some of the many details of our modern life and then easily fall into procrastination and worry. And I kind of maybe felt a little bit like this about this passage because it's so familiar. But time keeps moving on and rather than being distracted by worrying about it, I had another look at the passage. And I thought about what stood out for me. I've called this, is this good news? Let's see what happens. Hands up. I'll search the crowd. Hands up if you've never had a worry or struggle or been disappointed with something. Okay. 
That's what I thought too. It's pretty normal, isn't it? I think we've all experienced times when things just don't go as we expected. Sometimes these things can feel overwhelming. Sometimes, looking back, we can think, how did I survive that? Sometimes, we can even get to the point of thinking, isn't it good that this happened, even though we didn't think like that at the time? I'm sure you can relate. Now, I'm aware that uh, Steve Cooper and Steve Callan, and we've got lots of Steves around here, we've even got another Steve, but um, <laughs> we've got a lot of Steves in this church. But Steve Cooper and Steve Callan have looked at the earlier verses in this chapter of Luke and have given you the background to these events. So if I go over some of the same information, I'm sure you'll cope. If you're anything like me, I don't remember all the details of previous messages, so it doesn't hurt to review them. And I guess, too, that I'm approaching this from a woman's perspective. And just occasionally, it can be a bit different. I need to put things into a context that makes sense for me. So bear with me. I began to look a bit more at these two women, Elizabeth and Mary. Now, sometimes when a story is so familiar to us, we can forget to look into it a bit more and ask questions. And the sorts of questions I asked myself were, who are they? Why is this important? What does it mean? What did it mean to them in their time? What can we learn from them? Is this good news? So, I'm not covering them all like headings, but it'll be interspersed through what I say, that some of those questions and answers, maybe. Who knows? So, Luke's Gospel is the only place in the Bible we are introduced to Elizabeth. The other Gospels just take up the story from when John the Baptist was an adult. I'm guessing that Luke, as a doctor, was interested in understanding a bit more about the life context of these families that John and Jesus came from. He needed a good family history. Now, as a social worker in my previous life, this was always important. It gave you a context for what was happening for the family in the here and now. And so it's important to understand their context. So we know from the previous part of Chapter 1 that Elizabeth and Zechariah, her husband, were descendants of Aaron, Moses' brother, from the tribe of Levi. And therefore part of the priestly line. We also know they were both well along in years, in inverted commas. Elizabeth had never been able to have children. Best guess 
is that she would have been around 60 to 70 years old. So well past childbearing years. I think you can understand Zechariah being a bit gobsmacked when an angel of the Lord came to him and told him that he and Elizabeth were going to have a son. No wonder he couldn't believe it and was struck speechless. In Luke 1.19 it says, The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to tell you this good news. Now just imagine, if you will, Zechariah going home to Elizabeth and communicating this as best he could in a non-verbal way, this good news at their ages. I'm sure if you were a woman told at 60-something that you were going to have a baby... You'd be forgiven for thinking, oh my goodness, is this good news? But what Elizabeth said was, the Lord has done this for me. In these days, he has shown favour and taken away my disgrace among the people. So this was a a culture at that time that believed that a, a woman was in disgrace if she had no children. But God had blessed her and she was happy. Does this story remind you of other stories? Uh, Jaywalk people will remember, and there's a couple of them here, will remember Abraham and Sarah. We've been talking about this family for a term. And I never cease to be amazed at how there are so many links and pointers between the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Bible has many books, but one story. And God promised them a child when Sarah was well past childbearing age. So again, Luke, the stickler for detail, notes that something else was going to happen when Elizabeth was six months pregnant. So then we have Mary. Now, Steve Callan a few weeks ago gave us some background on Mary, how she was just a young teenager. And her engagement was different to how we consider this today. It was more like a marriage but they had time to get to know one another with the protection of families still around them for a while before they set up home together. It was a big deal to be betrothed. And then, as we know, Mary received the visit from God's messenger Gabriel. He was a busy fellow around those times. She was to give birth to a baby Yes, a baby that was going to change the world. But being pregnant in this period of betrothal could be a dangerous thing. We're told that Mary gracefully accepted the situation. 
You can imagine family members, and especially Joseph, thinking and probably saying, Is this good news? How? Now, we're not told anything in the Bible about Mary's parents, although, as usual, Wikipedia can always find information. But I don't think that's important. I can only imagine that it could have been a bit uncomfortable at home, initially anyway. But Mary had been told about her relative, Elizabeth, who was also expecting a baby under miraculous circumstances. We're told Mary got ready and hurried to Elizabeth's house. I'm imagining it was good news for Mary to hear about Elizabeth's situation and that Elizabeth would likely be a source of support for her in these initial days of pregnancy. I'm sure they would have been a great support for each other. It's a bit same, same, but different as Steve spoke about in his message. Elizabeth's disgrace had been because she had no child. And Mary's disgrace, in the eyes of the community, was because she was expecting a child, not by her husband. Same, same, but different. how much these two women talked about their circumstances over these three months they were together, we must only imagine. I'm sure they had lots of conversations. Mary would have learned a lot from Elizabeth as an older woman. And also, she was ahead of her in pregnancy and was able to prepare herself for what was to come. I think... Luke was still being the doctor here. Pregnancy support is so important. For both of them, they were heading into the unknown. And yet, they didn't seem afraid. Elizabeth seemed excited for her young relative and so honoured that Mary should come to her. What did she say? Let's have a look at it in the message. You're so blessed among women and the babe in your womb is also blessed. Why am I so blessed that the mother of my Lord visits me? The moment the sound of your greeting entered my ears, the babe in my womb skipped like a lamb for sheer joy. I'm sure anyone who's had a baby remembers that feeling. Blessed woman who believed what God said, believed every word would come true. What a great encouragement Elizabeth was for Mary. And what about Mary's response also from the message? I'm bursting with God news. I'm dancing the song of my Saviour God. God took one good look at me and look what happened. I'm the most fortunate woman on earth. What God has done for me will never be forgotten. The God whose very name is holy, set apart from all others. 
His mercy flows in wave after wave on those who are in awe before him. He bared his arm and showed his strength, scattered the bluffing braggarts. He knocked tyrants off their high horses, pulled victims out of the mud. The starving poor sat down to a banquet. The callous rich were left out in the cold. He embraced his chosen child, Israel. He remembered and piled on the mercies, piled them high. It's exactly what he promised, beginning with Abraham and right up to now. So that was Mary's song. This is one of the most joyous passages in scripture. And there have been many songs that have been written about this. Some old and some new. Such joy and praise and acknowledgement of God in what could be very trying circumstances. Her song makes those precious links back in history that I so love in the Bible, all the way back to Abraham. Mary knows she's part of the salvation purpose of God promised so many thousands of years back. As one so young, she trusts God for his faithfulness and mercy demonstrated in so many ways over time. So, what's God saying to us in this passage? Any time you read the Bible, it's always worth asking this question, especially with really well-known passages. And this is probably one of those. We've heard it so many times, we can skip over it. Sometimes we get different insights at different times. So never stop reading it and asking what God is saying to you this time. So for me, this time, I saw a beautiful connection between these two women, one older and one very young. Both of them were in very special and unusual circumstances. They reached out to each other and were able to give each other mutual support. Elizabeth from the wisdom of her years of life and Mary from her fresh approach to everything. This was a joyful occasion for both. Again, I can only imagine their conversations over the time they spent together. I'm guessing that there were questions like, how did you know? What did you feel? Were you afraid? What did people say to you? How did you answer? And many more. They had each other to lean on, of course. And also, they were both trusting God. But in addition, it was a real blessing to them both 
that they had another person to lean on, to talk to, to listen to. I think it's a pattern for us to notice. I think God always provides others for us when we need them. Sometimes our pride gets in the way and we keep trying to struggle on by ourselves. But look around you when you need support. In this family, we are here for each other. Find someone who will listen to you. They may need your ear too. Get to know people from other generations. Yes, they may approach life differently to you, but that can be a good thing. You can perhaps help and support each other. I encourage you to give it a try. One of the things I love about my week is regularly attending Jaywalk. I'm just an extra body if needed, and I love it. Of course, my energy levels are different and I might not be able to join in all of the more boisterous activities, but I just love being amongst the energy of the young, most of the time, anyway. I sleep well afterwards. And I... Steve might have a go at me about this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I noticed that in Steve Callan's message, he made mention of the culture in, in the past of respecting your elders. And I would hope it's not just in the past. As a person getting older every day, and who isn't, I do sometimes notice a lack of respect for older people. Some of the labels I hear are really upsetting because they feel like older people are being devalued. How often do you hear language on the media describing someone in their 60s as elderly or a great-grandmother or those boomers that we can blame the woes of the current generation on. They are just people. I've probably digressed enough on that. Mary had no hesitation in going to Elizabeth. Let's take note of that message. The other thing I think God is saying to us in this passage is look back over your history and see the times God has been faithful to you. Mary knew the history of her people well and had been taught about the ways God had led, blessed, rescued his people Israel over time. Mary knew about God's promises and this beautiful song of praise acknowledges the provision and faithfulness of God in all situations. She recognises that God has turned the world upside down. He put those who think they're in control and more important than others right in their places and lifted up those who are doing it tough. He's always there for his people, no matter 
the circumstances. Is this good news? It is. And it's heralding the coming of Jesus to fulfil all God's promises of reconciliation with him through his sacrifice. Mary had reason to celebrate her good news. She trusted God in everything, even when it was hard. Do we? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for the lessons of Mary and Elizabeth. Thank you for your word that teaches us so many things at so many different times. God, help us to keep searching to find you, to find what you have to say to us and help us to understand what you want us to do about it. In Jesus' name, amen.